All right, I'm going to make an attempt at this. Um, this will be my first one. Um, I have done, of course, a podcast and um, a few videos, but mo- most of the time it's not usually live. Every once in a while I'll do a live one. Um, this one, I'm expecting Kurt to join at some point. I'm not exactly sure. He uh, saw the format and uh, was quite excited. Um, as far as um, what I can talk about to begin with, all cops are bad and. Um, What's meant by abolish the police, get rid of the police? I guess the best way to approach it starts with some with the Crito, if you want my genuine view on it. In the Crito, Socrates gives his reason for obeying the law. Obeying the law enforcement, obeying the edicts of the tyrants in Athens when they decided it was time for him to give up the ghosts. Or die. Socrates' reason was, uh, I guess, relatively simple for our purposes. He said, and I can't remember the exact quote because this is like freshman level philosophy, but his basic reasoning was that the state has protected him since he was a child. The state has looked over him, protected him from his enemies. He's fought for the state. Thus, he owes the edicts and the protections of the laws his life if those edicts turn against him, if those laws turn against him. Basically, he had a contract with the state. When it comes to police and when it comes to the state and equal protection clauses, African-Americans don't have that. We can look at the state and say, this is the terrorist that we've been at war with very easily. I can point to recent examples. I mean, ignoring the white supremacists that have decided it's perfectly okay to lynch African-Americans with their car as a terrorist device, um, and whites that have the audacity to be against racism, because I hate to tell you this, and I keep telling people this, and they don't find it out till they become famous. If you join this fight and you're white, whiteness is coming after you. You will get the you will get the advantages of the in, inward justice system, and they're more likely to hit you. The cops are more likely to attack you because I don't have a criminal record. So if they look at me, they see a victim that if they attack, they might get in more trouble. They think this stuff out. These are bad guys. Um, if you check my podcast, I talk about this. Cops are bad. These are the bad guys. You can look on my Facebook. You'll see videos of the same debates being played out 50 years ago with the cops lying the exact same way, obfuscating the exact same way. This, When they are doing this violence and killing African-Americans, it's the system working as it's meant to. Um, we are spoiled in a sense. We've um, bought into the narrative of the United States in such a way where we demand video evidence and ignore the statistics. The rest of the world can look at our statistics, look at the thousands dead, unarmed, and uh, even check the Washington Post new numbers and pretty much do the math themselves in a country that's only a generation and a half into integration. The method of the new Jim Crow, as uh, Michelle Alexander calls it, is one that's well known. Nixon admitted why weed was illegalized, and it came out, I believe it was somewhere where in the 90s or so, that weed was illegalized for the sole purpose 
of getting African-Americans not to be able to vote. How is this achieved, though? I mean, what happened? What do you do to make it where you lower the, that voting? You basically sick already racist cops in 1968, or maybe all the way up to about 1970, and on African-American communities and some white eventually, as the class um, came into the racial issue. Many and many more white as it became uh, more violent, and the cops got more passes and more laws were passed. Because when the laws are passed, laws have never applied to how African Americans are treated, even though we fought fight very hard for stuff like the equal equal protection amendment to the Constitution and the multiple civil rights bills since Reconstruction. It's we don't have this contract contract doesn't exist. It's a sad fact, but if you're paying attention, this is the system going. And the way that they would suppress this black vote is to kill people, take their freedom, murder children. Not just for a plant, because um, cops have been unleashed with all kinds of violence. They'll claim it's a violent crime by saying that when they were beating you, you hurt their fist. This is what the United States has decided to um, become with this new system of Jim Crow, if you will, or the extension of Jim Crow to lower voting or, uh, of African-Americans. That's what it's always been about. And it's still not enough for Republicans to feel free, a party that is supposedly not racist. They have to restrict voting in all kinds of other ways that become famous. And if you think that this is a uh, recommendation for Democrats, it's not. The most, the base of Democratic power is voting. If you want to know exactly how useless their strategy of consistently compromising is, how racist it is to demand that people vote for you when you refuse to do the job of representation and say that you'll only do the job of representation by offering to do half of what their racist enemies want. The voting that's going on and caused the Republican Party to still even be a party has not really been stopped by the Democrats in any way, shape, or form. The current um, presidential nominee for the Democratic Party, or presumptive nominee Biden, doesn't even believe in stopping the drug war, even though we know it was caused to suppress black votes. We suppress black votes with violence, theft of property, theft of life. This is the cops doing, I guess, their best job. Beyond that, there's the over-policing done in African-American communities that we take as just a regular course of action. We're fine with that. We don't really care. Jaywalking's a crime if I were to do it in Bloomfield or something. But as long as I'm doing whatever jaywalking is, in Farmington, I'm fine. No, I, I still don't know what jaywalking is. The class and race distinctions are obvious. The political control that goes with it is obvious too, because viruses have worked the way that they've worked since the beginning of time. We study how viruses work. We don't make viruses do what we want. <laughs> so the protests that are armed to force 
your kids to develop herd immunity because they believe that the medical, the, the hospitals, medicine, and um, all the other disparities will kill off minorities. Because it's me being simple to claim that we don't know why this is done or why these debates and fights are the way they are when the studies have been done. And I can even link it in the description if you'd like. Uh, this is a white lash because their solution to having to deal with the possibility of sharing the the fruits of the United States a portion to population is to kill the population they don't want to share it with. Now, we can at least say that this is a minority of white people in the sense that white is a thing, mostly concentrated in the South. And we can't know how much because we have a combination of disaffected voters and outsized power. Ah, there we go. Okay, I think I've bored them enough with me talking about why police are a bad thing. I mean, I could finish it up, but I think everybody knows how I feel about the police. They violated their contract with um, black people. So we do have to come up with something new. That's just the way it is. From my perspective, anything short of abolishing, it's just not going to work. That's pretty much the point there. What's up, Kirk? Hey, hey, it's uh. I can't hear you. Specific, specific, oh, okay. Can you hear me now? I didn't mute your volume. Art, is it mine? Hold up, never mind. Apparently, the volume works weird for me. So you start talking, and I'll make sure that it's uh, on. It's not on my end. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's definitely because I did some boomer crap <laughs> on my end. Um, they specifically target black and brown, but they're definitely against all Americans. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> um, they um. It's just, it's just horrible and disgusting. I don't know. I was just watching uh, Dr. Kimber Boyce, or Dr. Boyce Kimber. He, uh, he was at the station this morning. I didn't even know it. And they're calling for the resignation of the chief now. And they're telling everybody, you know, we're tired. Also, the clergy's done. They're ready to take over the streets. They said verbatim on live TV. Uh, they said, uh, screw this commission meeting on the twenty first. We should uh, take over the streets and make sure they don't have it and shut it down. And that's clergy calling for that. That speaks volumes. Well, I mean, this is an untenable issue when you look at it. They said nowhere else in the state has a car ran through the protests like this. But it's happening all over the country. Yeah. And you, you and saw they're just the going to not ticket or arrest her. And, well, I mean, you know my feelings on this, at least in a sense. I don't see it as surprising because I see races going out to lynch with their cars as the natural progression of ignoring the black death that's been going on. The ignoring exactly. or the willful ignorance has been approval. Yeah. That's what it's been. The, the, the denial. <laughs> it's classic in anything. Ask any, any, um, any substance abuse counselor. You know, the first thing is to acknowledge the issue. Well, we live in a democratic republic, so if you want to subvert the democratic republic, the easiest thing to do is to refuse to be reasonable. 
So the way, so by sitting over there and saying my eyes no longer work, you're essentially committing a terrorist attack if you won't allow legislation to start to stop the problem. You won't allow punishment of the cops and you won't even allow peaceful protests to stop it without either firing them or terrorizing them with your car. <laughs> Insane. I'm sitting here paranoid because it's still under investigation. You're still at that home? They're gonna, that they're combing through these tapes trying to look up some kind of obscure charge to kick my door in and hurt me more. Why are you still in the state, in the city? <laughs> it's economically not feasible. I just turned my business phone back on today. Oh, yeah. You know, I got to catch up on all that. I still haven't even caught up on all of it. And, uh, you know, to add in moving a whole family and dogs is, you know. I was more thinking a bit, maybe a, a, um, a bit much. I was thinking more if you were to. Um, just a second. I'm trying to get. Um, anyway, I mean, and not you, to mention, I got I got to hire full time help now. Yeah, they. They straight up, I'll help if you need, by the way. I, I, You know I'm not handy if it's not like something that has to do with a computer, but I'll try my best. Yeah, we'll have to, I'll save that for my <laughs> other friend's strengths that have strengths in that area and not, <laughs> no, if I need, you know, if I need a keyboard, if I need some keyboard work, I know who to call. We all got our strengths. It's okay. How, how often do you get a black person to offer you free labor? <laughs> this is true <laughs> even if it's going to be horrible labor <laughs> here who am i to argue with a learned doctor they tell me this works best for my ptsd oh, working works best hmm. thc gummies oh yeah those are probably good actually Makes me feel like I don't even have a back. <laughs> so they did they give you pain medicine? No, I don't. I I'm against won't. that. I'm against that anyway. I, I usually take, won't take uh, the pain medicine either because nah, uh, the farthest I go is ibuprofen or, or a strong Tylenol. Yeah, I never try the opiates. I I just don't. It's like I, I'd rather adapt to the pain or something than anything. <laughs> then get it. If I was to do, that. if I was to ever do opiates for that reason, I would do something like poppy, like where it's original. You know, I think that could probably be better. I mean, you get you get like the opiates with all the bad effects. You can't eat worth anything and stuff. I would, they, if if I was to use anything like that, I would go with natural, of course. That's straight out of the earth as intended. So I would say that's a little better. Fortunately, in Connecticut, we're at least civilized to have uh, medical marijuana. Thank God. Yes. Unlike some savage lands where you can't even get that. Although it should be approved recreationally, especially when we're all going to die in a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, love, um, I'd love for them to hang their whole case on my marijuana ticket charge that I won't accept either because they never um, took inventory or proper... Um, proper paperwork regarding my property so try proving that nugget of marijuana was mine can we get rid of the cops do you think we could actually require people to have some form of education other than the six weeks of training that makes them suck so badly 
Oh my god, dude. <laughs> you know how you know how frustrating it was to try to enact the citizen's arrest but get blockaded by the people that are supposed to enact that arrest and then beat? I know. I mean watching um and And then I'm I'm video. villainized by uh white America right now. Yeah. I'm a provocateur. That's how they're trying to paint me, at least, the police. Fortunately, we have tape. <laughs> oh. Let me see if I, I actually I have care. my phone. I don't <laughs> care how disgusting my mouth was, for whatever reasons it was, because we all know the backstory. Mm-hmm. But even, even without that set aside, it's still First Amendment protected. And they have a certain decorum they're supposed to follow. And... um. Nothing I said can justify physically beating people. That's one thing I've always found annoying with the left, in a sense, even though I'm pretty far on the left. This whole word policing thing. You're you're dealing with, and I've reviewed the tape several times, and you remember I said I hated editing it. You were psychologically, I guess, going back at a cop who was trying to demasculate you and threatening you and celebrating assaulting you and your wife. It's crazy. If you call him some words to get under his militaristic skin to some extent after he's mocked you for being for crying as he assaulted you and your wife, apparently, and couldn't get that beautiful crying reaction out of you that he must have thought he was going to get when he assaulted you, injured your spine with a weak little cowardly attack. Because he couldn't do it, man up. You know, he couldn't tennis. No, he blindsided like me. Man. No, he well, got he away. From the, we got to post that. another video. We got to mm-hmm. post another video because he knew he couldn't take me down. Last time, they, it was two of them. Him and his detective buddy, the welfare queen, D'Amico. Yes, Mark, I love Mark that. Mark D'Amico, if you guys want to call West Haven PD. Oh, you remember you remember D'Amico. Oh, didn't they ask you about me calling them welfare queens? Yeah, it's, it's something like... <laughs> It's some obscure address that's publicly posted in uh, North Hay, uh, North Brantford, some like 74, I forget it, 74 Wilford Drive or something. There's supposed to be a protest there rather shortly. We don't know when. Yeah, I really wish we could find On public way. land, of course. Hmm. I see someone saw the video that I just edited, and I mean that I had to edit because I took the curse words out. And the thing is, when you listen to it, I mean, honestly, you have some heroic thoughts there, things that I've always thought that when a person's under stress, that's when you get to see who they are and what actually motivates them. And the thing was, when I saw what you were doing, I thought it was very admirable. Yeah, it was injustice that was motor, uh, motivating me. This this young child that was just run over his foot, I didn't even know Kira got hit, but the young child was a young black man, you know, a young black boy. I don't want to, you know, get fried for saying boy. I don't mean it in that sense, of course. But a uh, young black boy, and he keeps looking at me saying he ran over my foot, and he's looking at me because he knows I'm a voice. He's looking at me to stand up and do the moral right thing that this young man already knows what the moral right thing is. He's displaying it to me. I'm hit by a car. You know, what am I supposed to do? I am supposed to try to enact a citizen's arrest. If I don't, it is unconstitutional for me not to do anything, you know? So my simple motivation there was injustice as in the midst of all doing all that, I see the same perpetrator that brutalized my wife with impunity last year and me 
and he's there with a smug look, of course I'm going to approach him and ask him. Of course I'm not going to use, you know, great language. You didn't You, but the thing that you can notice when editing the video, as I did quite closely, you didn't start using that language till he mocked you and your masculinity and your ability to defend your wife from violent ass police officers because you wanted to obey the law when you met him the first time. <laughs> Insane. And he basically attacked you for being in an interracial relationship. Oh, <laughs> if not basically, literally. Thank you. Tell this part of the story because they they've been um they're documented uh with the racial shit regarding me and my wife since last year on the last attack. They um were making references as far as saying remember I was white at one point last year and then you know called my wife a renter like we don't even own the property but like it doesn't make a difference even if we were renting we have property rights still i mean it, it just shows how stupid they are and ignorant with their their law like thinking we accept what they say is correct my neighbors but, do the same thing they assume yeah, I'm it doesn't even fucking matter if, if you're renting you have owner rights while you're there it seems some people want to see the video i'm making sure to get it up here um there are so many angles of these videos and I haven't figured well, also, out. Also, we got to get that original. I got to get that original to you and get it up. I got to look through my Google because I already have it edited where it was brightened. I had permission from the previous case from prosecution to edit it and make it bright, which actually ended up clearing me because it showed my hands were full and I wasn't even able to assault him as he said I was, as he lied. And um, that's a pretty drastic, but that's when they threw my wife down. And that's, who I, that's what I was talking to the cop about when he emasculated me. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like when you insult, I mean, it should be pretty basic, but when you assault a man and basically in, sit there and make a joke of his ability to defend his wife for the high crime of following the law and not instantly attacking and killing an officer, because that's literally the only option you would have had, that is devastating. Yes, and then so that injustice is there, and this this young man that just got hit that I'm trying to defend and stand up for, knowingly knowing that I know for a hundred percent fact there's no protocol that calls for moving a vehicle after it's it's been supposed to have struck somebody. First of all, it's evidence above everything, mm -hmm. you know. And then second of all, it's uh, I mean it's 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 insane that you would give somebody the weapon back that they were just in. It boggles my mind when, when it, if it was a black man or someone with a record that they knew had a record. Well, let's say that too because that's factual. We see how he looks at felons and uh, sympathizes well, I mean, as he looks a at me. Felon as a I'm a sympathizer, but yet I'm a, I'm I'm a I'm a humanist. That's I I think I I go for human beings and what the right thing is, but they'll call me a sympathizer. That's how they look at me. But just because I want to do the right thing. I'm making sure they have copies of the videos from every angle in the um, chat, um, even the ones that are on mine, so that they can see exactly how whole, this assault was. I got a whole docu-series of content from the last 15 years because if uh, – wait till you see the police reports. I'll finally show you them from last year. They, they, they planned my attack last year, the call before coming to me. Yeah, we could prove it because they stated that I'm known to record my interactions. I get really um, um, volatile with my mouth. He doesn't give up his name, but we found out his name's Kurt Erickson. So they came there guns blazing. He has a record, it said. And so they came there on that sixth visit last year ready to pop some, you know, pop some shit on me.
and they they gave you the record. This is uh, something I want to be clear here. The record is something you have from, as far as I understand it, from them basically targeting you. Not because oh yeah, irrefutably, literally came to my problem. house. They came to my house six times in seventy hours. They had a hard on because I didn't give my name. And then when they found out I'm a felon and my wife's Puerto Rican, oh, they don't belong in that neighborhood. And, you know, idiots, they should have did a little research, you know, a quick type online. You can see I have a business register here. You know, they would have seen, oh, maybe he can afford an attorney. You know, and so they made that sad logistical mistake. You know, that was strategic on their behalf. That's no news. I'm up on that. I know they target people that can't afford attorneys on purpose. Duh. That's That knows that they can get away with it very impunely. You know, but uh, they slipped up this time, multiple times now. One thing I've noticed, and I don't know if you do this intentionally, you do realize you're wrong here, right? It's not just the general issues. You're being abused by cops for your freedom of choice and who to marry. Oh, yeah. And standing up for your own rights. Civil rights. Mm -hmm. Inalienable rights. Even I mean, if you're a felon, you're a felon, you can still get that right. Yes. Most of the time, the stuff that they charge people for felonies for is complete horseshit anyway. <laughs> and even if it wasn't, you know, some if it was something that was justified, you get a chance. Listen, you served your time. You get to restart your life. I, I did nine years in prison, right? Mm-hmm. So the first time I went to prison, I was 18. I was still in high school. I robbed a couple pizza guys. I'm not saying that like it's nothing because what I did realize very quickly that, you know, that was wrong inherently just why did those random people deserve that? I didn't, you know, I didn't look at it with that mindset when I was 18. I did three years in prison for it. I, I, I learned quick, you know, and unfortunately I didn't learn how to get out of the street yet. And after that, I uh, robbed drug dealers. Feeling more like more, you know, inside my heart was changing where it was vigilante than in my head to excuse that, you know, that's okay. It's excusable. It's a vigilante. And, um, you know, then I went to prison for robbing a drug dealer. They called the cops too. Oh, um, drug dealers get police protection. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I'm in the wrong, wrong field. Yeah, it's funny, too. I went to trial on that. I went to trial. I, I picked two jurors before I copped out, but I ended up taking another three years. Um, and then the parole system got me for another three on technicals that were nothing to do with uh, judicial law or anything like that. I had a missed child support payment, and they brought me downstairs to child support court, and I made the payment. And they brought me back up and said, oh, wait, parole's holding you. So I ended up doing like another, you know, year and a half there for, for a civil issue that's not not arrestable, and separate from the parole system. But you know, that's a whole other issue. After all, this is the justice system and the DOC. But you know, that's a whole other change that needs to occur. That's you part know? of your story. I wanted to point out though, you were adopted, if I'm not mistaken, right? No, I wasn't that lucky. Oh. What uh, happened? Foster care. Foster care. So. In our destroyed foster care system, you come in oh, at 19, stuck out on your own, trying to figure out how to survive, and you committed some crimes to survive. 
no, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I left. I left my foster home at about eighteen, halfway through my senior year, and then uh, hit the street. I didn't. I didn't last too fucking long off the porch for sure. I got locked right up uh, three months after leaving my house. But you didn't have a base of support. Oh, zero. Start. Yeah. Zero. So again. This is society somewhat creating criminals. For me, I went to the Marine Corps at a young age, yes. And, but I came from a two-family household where I had decent support. That Okay, so I don't have a criminal record. It probably has something to do with those advantages. <laughs> to go oh, to yeah, the we, Marine I Corps. think as a society, we've, um, well, mostly, except for the people that don't acknowledge, we see that correlation. That's why we should be, you know, here, I'm not against defunding police. I'm for it. You know what I'm against is the word they're using because I feel like it's volatile. It doesn't, you know, it's volatile in the sense that you can't get the people that don't acknowledge that that's a problem to agree easily when you're using the word defund because that's not what they think about. When they think, when you hear the word defund, you think, oh no, no money. You know, how is that going to work? No, you got to, you know, it's more like I, I feel like we should be using the word refund. Or, you know, or reconstruct or rebuild, you know, redesign. Those are all like positive words that are describing what's happening instead of using the word defund where people think, oh, no, the cops can't survive with no money. And I believe the theme you picked for our uh, company is to rebirth. Rebirth. Same thing. Exactly. These are beautiful the political uh, ability to explain that what I was saying earlier police have lost their credibility through being so lawless, so principle-less. Asking black, brown, or even white people, honestly, if they were being honest with themselves, to let the guy, for instance, who was sitting there and shot a man begging for his life with a gun that said, you're fucked on it. Crazy. Uh, come in and stop and save your kids. That should be a non-starter. Telling yourself yeah. it only happens to black people is just completely insane. <laughs> and then you, and then and, when, and when they have that argument saying more white matter. <laughs> when they have that argument that say you know more white people die by police, then that should even further substantiate that we're right. Duh. Everybody's usual, dying by police, you dummies. My usual response is, it's not my fault you don't take care of your own. <laughs> well, you know, it's time to flush them out. And, you know, the major, the biggest issue, and it's just really one huge thing that can fix everything is because if they're not going to acknowledge it, you make them acknowledge it. And the way to make them acknowledge it, accountability. Period. One, you can sum it up to one word, which can fix racism in the in that system. It can fix every single issue. It's just accountability because you hold them liable, then it changes the whole fucking ball game. It modifies behavior. Liability modifies behavior. It's. Well, I mean, it, it just it's, it's, it's proven. It's, it's ridiculous. The, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, accountability is a proven method of success throughout the business world, governmental, every single aspect, anytime accountability. Nobody fucking likes it. Trust me. It feels like we're losing freedoms for accountability. 
No, no, we're getting, it's called fucking structure. You were a little fucking, we're more than a little willy-nilly now. We need to fucking recognize that shit and, and start paying the piper. Then it will stop, because then you know, oh, shit, guess what? I can't work. Guess what? I can't go to the next place and do this. Shit, maybe I'll listen to that counseling courses they sent us through for de-escalation and talking and listening courses. And maybe, I'll, maybe I'll study the Constitution as much as this asshole Erickson that's swearing laws down my throat and telling them that they know the law more than me offending me. Maybe I should just learn more. The biggest crime in America is disrespect of cop. <laughs> what what um what what what's the uh, code on that law? What is that uh, one? Uh, dead. It's like, it's like it's like driving while black. <laughs> Those unwritten laws, protesting while black. That means they can do whatever they want unless the whites come with you. When the whites come with you, that no. means the other whites have to come and run you over. So I'm trying to contact Boyce now because um, we've had contact information. Unfortunately, all that stuff's on that stolen phone by the police. Um, but I've been in contact with uh, – I got to call her back again as Carol Brown with the Black Coalition. I've uh, was contact with her for a year now. Um, we'll touch bases again because they're looking like they want to have a sustained presence there. So we should look into that as well. Um, maybe they have a bigger pool there, obviously. We do you know. need more people in New Haven. Um, I checked, I mean, not New Haven, excuse me, West Haven. New Haven, actually, the uh, mayor there seems to be making some strides towards what he could actually do. We might it, just, but what? You know, just because the, the mayor. mayor there, wait, 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 wait. I oh, hope you're not talking about Mayor We at least defunded in New Haven, New Haven, not West Haven. Oh, oh I was yeah. telling you were talking about Rossi and West Haven. Yeah, uh, Eric, what's his name? Uh, Justin. Basically, uh, took away some of oh, the funding puppet. for. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the one in West Haven, right, or New Haven? No, no, no. I know. Who, yeah, I was, but I know you're talking about Elliker, that puppet over there in New Haven. Yeah. As far as I can tell, though, he did at least defund. If we had a sustained presence, we could probably make him do more. Of course. But what we need is going to have to be done from the governor's le level, state because level, of, state level. Yeah, you, as you identified, um, what. What was it you uh, talked about with uh, Cuomo's law? I love hearing when you talk about it, so I'm going to let you talk about it. What, the 203? <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, he did a couple things now that I looked at it that I think can be a little firmer and stronger for the people. But um, basically the blueprint and outline and his end goal on it and the restrictions he put on that end goal are fabulous. I mean, it accomplishes everything we can possibly think about as far as not – uh, as far as rebirthing or redesigning our police is they have, um, shit, I need a cigarette for this. Is that great? <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand. Well, um, <laughs> so, uh, he gave every municipality with this executive order, a deadline of April 1st, 2021 to completely dismantle and rebirth every city's and every municipality's police department to the community's standards and needs and wants. So that means all these little things we like and didn't want was qualified immunity, you know, no guns, possibly more uh, counselors, things of that nature, any possible thing fiscally. So as far as the defunding aspect that we talk about, that's all controlled by, by the local citizens. And, 
he requires that the local politicians pass laws by that date or he doesn't give them state funding, which is fucking brilliant. I mean, that just every incentive right there. I'm not a big fan of, you know, putting things on limits like that, but, you know, versus a merit system, I'll take that uh, punitive system on that aspect because we should hold the government punitively uh, liable because that's what they deal with is our money. And that's what they work off of. So I think punitive, you know, results and possible punishments are what's required versus, you know, allowing them extra money if they do something. You know, they, they fucking some places won't take the carrot and they'll just keep the keep it as it is. But if they can't get funding for the city, no municipality can survive. Even Cuomo said that. He scoffed at it. It was kind of it was pretty cavalier of him and funny. I liked it. Yeah, it was kind of gangster. Uh, when you pointed it out to me at the um, protest in Bridgeport, that was wild. I mean, I was just amazed. Yeah. I was so like, that's the bomb. And yeah. the thing is, a lot of times when we set up our protests, we don't say what are our policy goals and then say we're not leaving till we get all of our policy goals because yeah. that is what we're here for. It, listen, it's very simple. We got one fucking demand right away, and it will be printed up and dropped off at the fucking gates of our new camps. And we don't even got to speak to nobody. The first fucking demand is get Lamont here. That's it. Yes. Get Lamont on the fucking horn to schedule an appointment here. And as you can other see on Facebook, I've been begging for Lamont to, you know, keep me from having. Other than that, we don't. We're not interested. We need to talk to. We're not interested in nothing. We ain't moving until we talk to Lamont. Period. Man. And it's only going to get bigger. And, and the go ahead and try is, it. Even when we, because there is a mild annoyance that is very understandable with the mayor, but the mayor has a job that limits him when he says he can do something. The most he could do is fire that cop, which I don't think he has when it comes to his no. powers as mayor, at least as far as I know, because I've seen uh, Mayor Pete do it before when it came to firing a police commissioner. I'm pretty sure that governors can fire mayors too. Yeah, governors can too. Uh, I think so, right? can also pass an executive order similar to that, hopefully much more expansive since Connecticut claims to not want to be the exploitive, segregated um, Oh, we're the Constitution state, my friend. We should have the most robust version of that bill. Instead, the uh, governor's trying to say that, you know, you can't do chokeholds, that illegal chokehold that the officer did on you. Oh, yeah. You In know, <laughs> I keep looking back at that. I keep looking back at that tape, and I can't believe with a fractured spine, a taser in my back, and being maced, I lifted up four of those fucking faggots. Sorry, punks. I got to yeah. change that. That slipped yeah. out again. Careful with the, that wording because um, – it hasn't been reappropriated enough to take on the insult thing. I never really understood. Honestly, being a child of the 90s, I have a hard that's, time with some of the That's a child of the 90s shit. That's some child of the 90s shit. Because, like, I'll say retard all the time, and you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to say uh, something else. Having an autistic brother doesn't really make a good excuse for it because um, he's, he's, he, he, he's non-vocal. So that doesn't show that I have some kind of sympathy for it. And, and it's what I said to an, uh, when I got called on, it was because there was an officer that was claiming that their little Blue Lives Matter flag, the one that is basically just a Nazi flag, 
he was trying to convince me that was the American flag. Oh, God. Yeah, and my response was to call him that word. But instead, I'll say uh, Officer Dumbass. I would tell him to Google time. American flag. I mean, but, you know, with South Park, sometimes when you hear something that ridiculous. No, the actual American flag was right there in the distance because we were at the police station when we did our camp out. So I'm like sitting there. I blamed it on Byron in my podcast, but I'm sitting there. I see the American flag and I'm like, that's the American flag. <laughs> you f- <laughs> and you know the 90s response is you fucking retard because the flag's right there it's like yeah it's crazy i just said that again like i, I almost stopped myself before saying it but like f- faggot never meant like something that i would say to a gay person as derogatory i wouldn't say it meaning derogatory towards a gay you know how we would say faggot was something that was stupid or or you're 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 not you're not manly. You're not masculine. Yeah, especially you know? being in the gaming community. Um, originally, I'm very aware of that. Also, there is sometimes tactically a good reason to use politically incorrect language that they don't expect from left protesters because it throws the cops off. They're usually That's in true. shock when you call them something that would normally offend the community, and you do it in unison, and they are not getting that same privilege. Unlike, you know, you know, completely different than the um, apparently, uh, I, I guess the racial charge of your situation is still slightly up to debate because I, I'm waiting for the FBI nigger, to call uh, me back. Nigger lover, if I'm not mistaken. I'm waiting for the FBI to call me. I'm, I'm waiting for the FBI to call me back. I filed a, a complaint against Croce and D'Amico. But the cop calling you the N-word lover. I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed That's, to say that or not. As he's macing me. Yes. What do you what do you think about him calling you that? Because you know my theory on it. I think that they that people certain people don't even think you have the right not to be a horrible racist in the United States and they will punish you for it. That's the way I write it off. How do you deal with him um, after all to a two a, what I call the two year campaign of harassment and assault? going after your spine and calling you the n-word lover as saying that as the unwritten crime you violated as i wrote that and being a felon as he so eloquently put in the video he served it up on a platter i don't i mean i don't know what to tell them because i don't know what crime they're gonna i don't know if they're gonna try to go with that you know what they're, they're they're fucked either way i hope well my attorney can tell them sure he's very articulate but I mean, bottom line is they, they're going to try to stick with that. I mean, they can't obviously say assault. There's nowhere on video where I touched him. I know I didn't touch a cop, so I'm good. Um, that's as like always. I'm not there. I'm using my First Amendment that I am hope was had a lot of sanctity, so I use that so I don't use my hands. Like like we shouldn't be using our hands, but, you know. I kind of um, think if cops come at in. At least I wish he would have came at me head on. They are getting ass whooped. If he, yeah, exactly. If he, if he came on me head on. We'd have a lot, a lot better footage because I'd be fighting. He fucking blindsided me. I wasn't even looking. Well, that's because he's a. Can I call him a bitch? Or is that not politically correct to call him a bitch? He's a fucking bitch. So no, was she. I. She was a bitch too. But listen, the thing about it is, he um. I don't know. I don't even know where I'm at, man. That fucking edibles hit me. That's actually good to get some rest from this, but I would say he's a bitch because he 
instead of like going head up, tennis shoeing up, even when he has a gun. No, it was a man. It was a man. It was a man. Somebody asked if it was a woman. It was a man. That's why I think it's okay to call him a bitch for striking him in the back, trying to injure his spine while being armed, having a taser, mace, and everything. Instead of maybe tennis shoeing up face to face and taking those blows, maybe taking well, all that it, weaponry. Oh, that's where I was going man. with that. Oh, that's where I was going with that. They were trying to. Um, I can already see what they're going to try to stick as far as the charges. They gave me like five. Now, assault, their biggest charge is throwing out. The felony's thrown out because I didn't touch them. The um, reach a piece second. There's no way they can do that because everybody else is doing it then, including the cops. So that's that's out. The um, What they'll try to do is say inciting a riot, but they'll be sadly mistaken very fast because the type of video I was doing is a live feed. So I have so many outs as far as the wording I use as far as who I was speaking to, if you could imagine. Could we argue they can't, they can't defend reasonable doubt. So when they're going to say that I was inciting a riot was when I started yelling, don't let her go. Mm -hmm. Now, what? Who? Now, now contextually, they got asked, then who was I saying it to? Naturally, I'm going to tell them I was telling the police. I'm not telling the crowd. I'm telling the police to not let her go. I'm enacting a citizen's arrest. That's 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 a that's a uh, uh, evidence in a in a crime, you know. And you're letting her drive away with the with the murder weapon again. It's also very clear in the video that your goal was you were shocked by the fact that the police wouldn't arrest the person that just lynched. Absolutely. So Protesters. they're going to say they're going to say that's inciting a riot, but that's not inciting a riot. That's that's me telling the police to not let something happen like that in a potential. I would argue other let someone who just lynched some protesters back into their car so they could lynch more protesters is inciting a riot. But I ain't passed the bar. Yeah, I know. I didn't pass the bar either. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But uh, anything else that I was saying on there that they're going to try to use as far as wording is then either it's 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 me talking to the police or it's me narrating to my live audience. So suck my dick. <laughs> oh, remember, suck my dick is apparently politically not correct either for reasons. I'm. Well, um, hey, I want to hey, apologize. You know to what? My audience. You know what? It's time for the one. That's the biggest problem. That's mm -hmm. that's one of the that's one of the issues, not the biggest for sure. It's one of the issues is political correctness because that's that's borderline censorship at some points. And then second of all, it's um, it's as long as I'm constitutionally correct. How about that? For suck me, my dick's, when it comes to suck my dick's constitutionally correct. For me, I just don't like the way political correctness is uh, worked out. Apparently, the president, Tucker Carlson, and the biggest news network in the country can say every racist thing they want, and I'm the one that gets canceled. I say those rules don't work for me. Get Throw it all out or put it on everyone. And since you aren't putting it on everyone, then the supremacists are getting to define what race, what's racist and everything is. Let's just go all out. Let's have a good old-fashioned dookaroo with all the words. <laughs> but nobody's followed me with that. I keep hearing um, this thing where they basically say to reasonable actors, are people in the midst of trauma, don't say naughty words to the people traumatizing you. I don't really understand it, and I, I get what they're saying. As a fighter, I'm fine with it because, you know, when I show up, I'm usually ready to body someone anyway. 
And so I won't be talking. I'll be swinging. But cops get real civil when they see um, you're not exactly being peaceful, which um, me, I still think that if a bloody cow comes in and basically decides he's going to support a lynching using his job, that bloody coward should be subject to any form of attack that the citizens that could be victims of that violent act decide to throw I mean, at him. I mean, honestly, I, I, my motivation was pure justice mm-hmm. and, and an injustice that was quite clear and self-evident that was going down in front of me. I mean, every moral fiber told me that this wasn't right. You know, and if that doesn't happen in them, then they need to go. Because that's not the type of people I want in control or protecting me. Not in control, but, you know, having my life in their hands. You know, I'd rather have a guy like me that's a felon that thinks the way I think and I, with a gun in their hand. <laughs> a felon? Well, we saw at the camp in uh, Bridgeport, whether felon or, you know, whatever label society wants to give people who have a rougher chance starting out at this life but still manage to pull it off, they did a much better job than the police at dealing with people with mental disorders with um, who came in seeming like they were coming in with violence or anything. I mean, I'm, I imagine the cops were happy when we uh, took down Bridgeport just because, or the ca- encampment at Bridgeport, just because we were making them look so bad at their job. I don't know. I think we should bring the trucks into West Haven PD and take the Sawmill Street uh, road over too. I so agree. And anyone looking at our GoFundMe, we are trying to get some protests going that are a lot safer. With white supremacists attacking us with cars, we have to use security for our fellow white allies and African Americans and uh, Latinas who are protesting against the people. Yes, we want our people to be safe. If you want to post that link, because uh, it's really not a lot, we we really can form a very secure very secure camp and with official running water, you know, a Wi-Fi network, which is very important because it's communication that can't be, you know, shut down by them because it's a mobile network. They were, um, we've already seen in, in the last encampment, they were shutting down mobile network. They were shutting down, you know, certain cell networks and things like that. It was pretty, uh, pretty intense things that were happening, deep seated, um, government type shit. So uh, we want to circumvent that. You know, we're going to have a comms tent. This is running water. This is potable water for people, you know. Um, this is meeting tents so that we can host meetings with the governor because we're not going anywhere for any meetings. They're going to come to us. Um, this is the, the the main goal of getting whatever demands we need. So if you guys have demands also, this is your time during this camp. And, you know, five grand ain't a lot. You know, after that, the donations will help. We got, we already have access to unlimited water. Um, we've made uh, contacts throughout the business community. We got a lot of friendlies out there helping us. Um, as far as things like that, food, we're going to have a medical tent. We got a lot of uh, uh, doctors and nurses and EMTs and um, routes set up for the campground. Um, Is your phone um, fixed so that I can put our uh, stuff back together so we can communicate uh, peacefully? Or do we I just got to download. I got to download signal. Okay, good. So when I download that, I'll download it later. But yeah, I mean, listen, we've been able to lower it down. I, I the last camp in Bridgeport, I put in over two grand. So you know, and that was just wishy washy, getting toilets, things like that. We can really get an official thing set up, dropped in the middle of the night, quickly, 
and efficiently wherever the hell we want and, uh, you know, secure without being violent, but secure for sure. And, uh, you know, the number of views we got, you know, five grand ain't shit. And if you got some demands, throw in five bucks and come down and get some demands. Don't throw in any. Come get the demands and help your have your body and presence there to help us, you know. Um, every any kind of support is for the people. We're uh we're trying to uh, get this accomplished. Yes. You know, as far as income right now, now we're a man down for income. You know, we'll see this week. I'm gonna start uh operating my business again. Hopefully it goes well enough where please let everyone know exactly what they did as far as um your business is concerned because i don't think that people understand that cops attack you financially when you get on the wrong side of them oh for sure that's what they're doing i i i'm a contractor i don't have insurance i'm a small business owner i do garage doors you know the business is pretty 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 decent you know thank god i got a established business but now I got to hire a guy that I haven't trained or anything, you know, but I'll hire somebody that's good. I'm going to have a couple people come out and uh, I just took a couple days from the phone, mental break, just turned it back on because they stole my phone. So They stole your phone and had the audacity to um, ask you about it, right? Or oh, ask you about stuff that should, I posted. We should post that interview. We got that interview up on the, in the um, thing, right? Yeah, it's on my Facebook um Oh, he asked about I I that lost, um, last yeah. time. He asked about that, and then he asked about uh, your post on Facebook and accused me of posting it. And I was like, "Well, that's a repost." And they yeah. clearly showed it. And I oh, said, I "Well, what?" I said, "What's?" I said, "Why was he on my Facebook? He shouldn't have been on my fucking Facebook in the morning." Well, if any of the officers are watching, I'd be more than happy to invite you on the show, and we can talk about my me posting about you being welfare queens to rape communities. <sighs> I'll be more than happy to have that interview, and I might even oh. use the mute button. <laughs> it's a Ben Store better judgment, but we will. No, I, actually, please don't, because they love to say things that are incriminating. They can say whatever they want. Yes, yeah, so take keep the mute off. Keep the mute on. We don't want no mute. <laughs> they can yell whatever they want to in the microphone as I yell at them like they're a bunch of thugs. Listen, every time, every time they violate my civil liberties, I'm suing. Every time. And then um, I'm going to reinvest. Then I'm going to reinvest in the cause. <laughs> that, that's the thing that I think a lot of people haven't quite. And I noticed even when you were being assaulted, you're very committed to this cause. Um, oh, I'm and, committed. Mm-hmm. And Every moral fiber, like I told you, I've been like this. It's um, I can't say I've ever. I'm not a black. I, I lived in a black man's shoes because I never had to walk outside with that, that, that color skin and experience that scrutiny just based off a look. However, I've lived very similar lives and plights as associated with that skin color. Never fully, of course, like I said, because I'm not that skin color. Um, but I could never imagine being treated like that just walking out the door. So to get that to go away, I'm all in because I know that exists. I've witnessed it over and over and over. I've witnessed how they treat you different. You know, I've witnessed a bias. I've wit it's clear on camera. They use a felony as a bias. Very, they, you're nothing. You become nothing to them. 
you're beneath them and they're supposed to protect you. It's just inherently disgusting. I can't even imagine. And then the, then they have the community like West Haven backing it up. You know, they're, they're just everybody's racist. It's just, it's crazy. It's like a safe haven here for it. Unfortunately, America has always, has always, I guess, wanted to and been a safe haven for racists. And whenever you try and stop that racism, that's when the violence comes out. Because as you can see, they're perfectly fine with running over protesters on the Facebook. And the idea that this is a lynching and then when Martin Luther King would peacefully protest, they would be... Um, on they would basically say run him over as their way of dealing with it uh, seems to not even phase them. You know, what really pisses me off is when they're talking about we're blocking the streets. They don't fucking post this shit anywhere, but that shit was, I took screenshots. They posted on numerous locations about this ahead of time for a week and a half. And then said the police department themselves put a post that they were going to protect it and mm -hmm. offer detours. I didn't see any of that. Is it possible it's because the police were trying to set you up? No, of course. That, that's all part of it. But what I'm saying is nobody's reporting this shit that they that, – that, 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 all that shit's a moot point about being in the street argument because they – condoned it by posting it and offering detours. That's why they're complete negligent in this whole thing. Honestly, she needs to get charged for doing that act, but who's really liable? Who's really honestly, truly liable? Because they, I could see them making her since she was a plant. I can mm -hmm. see that. I can see her being a victim in that essence and aspect because I would be oppressed too if they told me to do it. Oh, maybe I would do it. It's them. It's 70 cops telling me to do it. You know, it's the chief of police telling me to do it. I better do it. You they know, they, I, like she was one of them. We um, examined the well, body. They had the same mannerisms in hand. You see that? It was like the same hand gestures. I was surprised when they told me she was a bagger because I thought she was a cop the way she got out there doing those same maneuvers. It was as if they were one spirit. And the thing that most people who don't go out for protests don't know is when we go and we do an actual march and then leave the town, the police block off the streets for us. I've always thought that was a bad idea because of what ultimately ended up happening. But that's because I think cops are a bunch of criminals. So my cynicism again proves right whenever I assume that cops aren't going to follow the law, aren't going to keep their word, and are going to be the worst and most cowardly individuals in any given situation. Listen, we need, we need, <laughs> we need truck, we need truck, big truck rentals for every protest, and we need to outfit them shits with fucking speakers. Unfortunately, we do, because the American people have decided that white supremacy is um, worth defending with their lives. I mean, excuse me, with no. their freedom at least are they think that the cops aren't going to do anything to them, which it seems is the, pretty much the case with this lady. Well, I threw in 50 on that. I'll throw in another when I get a chance. We get that thing to five grand. We can have a, we can have a change in law in Connecticut. We can make executive orders happen 
And uh, if you got any demands, like I said, the people that are watching, you come down and, and, and fucking voice them. Or bring your body if you can't bring money. It's not mm -hmm. a big deal. We're yes. for the people. You know? And also, no I have your website. I can, if you are just message me or Eric, and we are more than happy to add policy to our website that we're building. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about for the people. If we got a... A demand that no demands too small. Listen, one of the things we're going to be working on during the camp too is uh, one of the demands. Just, just for instance, is a wrongfully convicted uh, uh, a guy in Connecticut. He's doing forty years for um, murdering his his like lifelong love of his life wife, and everybody knows he didn't do it. He went through a couple different trials, and um, furthermore, like the guns they have, they have two guns they have on the case, and none of them are the ones that shot this lady. You know. The real killer's out there, and there's multiple evidences pointing to it, and they're ignoring it. So, you know, one of the things we're fighting for is an investigation on that and a habeas to get him back in, you know, out of jail. You know, and maybe maybe justice for Gringa, the woman that was killed, that her real killer's out there, you know. Just side little things. It's not little. It's huge. You know, that's, that's taken over multiple people I know in Bridgeport that I've grew up with, their lives. That's all they do is fight for this woman and fight for this man that's in there. You know, they lost two lives now for and, and the real guys out there. You know, this much is huge like, for them. Much like with the case with Breonna Taylor, what we forget is when you have the power over law enforcement to make up the law as you go, if you want to target someone, you can target the boyfriend of the woman you just murdered, which is what they did. <laughs> A gentleman named Mike Ford wanted to join the conversation. You ready for it? Yeah, bring him in. Hopefully, oh, hello, Mike. Hi, guys. Hey. What's up? Hey. <laughs> Long time no see. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since we've I had think I've camp. seen you somewhere, haven't I? Yeah, I met you at Bridgeport. Yeah, okay. That's right. No, but I was there for five days. Yes. You was there the whole time. Yeah, no, I know you look familiar. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember you more now. Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been listening for a while to you guys. I agree with everything you guys are saying. It's all incredible points. I wish a lot more people were watching, to be honest. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to put it as soon as it's finished. I'll make sure it hits every group I can get it to and everything. It's just harder to do when you're on. Because I like to listen to read the chats and stuff, too. Right. Sharing it is a big deal, though, too, because the big thing that I've noticed when it comes to people on the left, we don't use the Internet. We gave it up to the right-wingers. <laughs> I get why. The peer pressure is freaking annoying because um, if you post I, anything that's anti-racist, you're going to get like 80 people on your thing telling you you're causing racism. You know, you always say this left thing. I don't identify with any political. I don't either. It's usually just because it's easier. I know. I keep. I don't even know what it is. Honestly, I, I don't care. It's a false thing. Like, I'm about what's right, man. If it's if it's, I figured my moral compass. I I really trust it because I <laughs> I, I know when something's inherently wrong. I think, I think what it's really due to for a lot of the people all the way on the far right, which are hardcore conservatives, is that they're not with us. You're on the left, and that's not necessarily true. I'm not on the left. I'm right down the middle, and I decide on things based on the topic and based on what people think about it at the time right thing is and what's down to like Byron it was right versus wrong and if you don't know that by now and you're an adult then I don't know if there's much hope for you we're gonna keep trying <laughs> well 
when we do left and right, it's really a, a euphemism for the racist part. If you're being honest with political politics, are you racist or are you not? The right is essentially racist, and you kind of know it in history. We'll say that's the right. The rest of us have detailed, grown political policies and disagree on all kinds of wild things. <laughs> being an anarcho-syndicalist, maybe five or six people wait, wait, in the country agree with me on my philosophies. Right. So, I wanted to come on. Um, growing up in foster homes and stuff, my mother, mother, worker, and we had a really long last night about how foster environment, you're not actually subjected to a lot of politics at all. And if you are, you're off by it by the people that you're living with because it's not always the best environment to grow up in. What, what do you kind of think about that? Oh, I got I got a good comment real quick about that. Because I got experience with that. So my best friend, we actually got that superlative. I, I seen the yearbook, even though I was incarcerated for graduation. Um, best friends with my boy. It was Carlos. And uh, I'd always be at his house hanging out. And his dad told me something that resonated with me for a long time. And he said, um, he told him, his son and me, he's like, you got, you know, you're Puerto Rican and you're a foster kid. You guys are expected to fail. Just always remember that. And that always stuck with me and always gave me like a drive and motivation to like strive. I get, and it definitely came from a place of like, he wasn't saying you fail, he's saying you expected to fail. Right. No, he was giving me motivation and it worked. He was pretty wise to say that. Right. As a Puerto Rican man himself, that was successful, you know, beyond normal traditional status quo, which, you know, was enacted by this racial system that would even make that status quo. You know, they enacted that where that man had to probably go through hell and fucking high water to own the house he owned and still have a job and work and, you know, have a rental property. That was he was fucking he was the man for that. You know, so that saying that to me was for a reason, and it worked. So, do you, do you still talk to him all now and stuff? You're still close with him. His son, he went um. So, right before I got got arrested that first time, we um, his son and I both joined the army at the same time. I talked him into it. He was my best friend. He didn't want to do it. I talked him into it, and um. We both went to MAPS, we took our oath, we are all on a delayed entry for the um, high school diploma. And then three months before, like a month after getting enlisted, I caught that case. <laughs> and it didn't help, they had to discharge me. Sent me a huge, biggest, biggest contract ever I got in the mail to tell me I'm not enough. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> So you did attempt to join the military. I did join, did it. join it. They had the discharge. Yeah, because the bully program, they counted that as part of my enlistment. Yeah, I was Calvary. I did Calvary Scout. They, um, because of my ASVAB, I did pretty well. And my, um, I was doing uh, electronics and as a trade. They offered me like 12 grand bonus at that time. It was right after 9-11 for um the fixed patriot missile guidance systems whoa and i was like man they just started showing us videos of the mos's they should have so they were showing me the video 
Yeah, they're showing me the video though, and I'm like, man, the guys are just fixing fucking PC boards and soldering and shit. And I'm like, this looks so corny. I don't even want to do this in high school no more. And um, I was like, I don't want to do that shit. Fuck that. And they showed me Calvary Scout, and they're blowing up bridges and shit. And they they offered only two grand for the bonus. I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. They're, they're fucking blowing up bridges and running ahead of people. I'm like, that's cool. They do make the violence. That looks like I'm I'm putting in work. <laughs> You joined, the, uh-huh. you joined the military, and um, I know you were obviously in the military for a long time. What's both of your perspectives on like politics in the military? Because I know it's kind of a don't ask, don't say, but a lot of my friends that are in the military come out, and I don't see them be Democrats or even independent. I notice a lot of them are like super hardcore Republicans. What do you guys think about that? There's a bit of a culture to conform to. My, uh, for me, the Republican Party made it very clear where it stood immediately after my enlistment. It was kind of hard to miss. Uh, at that point, it was the racism against homosexuals and Muslims and the fact that they had sent a lot of my friends who did more than one enlistment off to die. What year What year was that? 2001. Uh, it was 2003, though, when we started in the Iraq War. And that was when I started with political activism. This is the first time I've ever protested, though, because a death threat from the president is pretty much a good reason to get out in the streets. I mean, you can't avoid that. You should be out in the streets like you gentlemen are, too. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of pressure conformed to the Republican. I'm really, I'm really not into the whole political shit. I don't like either party, honestly. I just, I'm into the Constitution. The Democrats, I think, just have a more subtle form of racism, the, and but it's the form of racism that allows the Republicans to exist as they are now. The Republicans can just basically take black, use blacks and any non-whites as a target because we're not offered representation. What the Democratic Party uses as its basic ideology, the only option it leaves on the plate for us is what it calls centrism or incrementalism. But it's incrementally going backwards, never forwards. The net result is always we get Republican policies. And what did they produce when they had a supermajority? A Republican health care plan that the Republicans dismantled the second they could get a chance while Obama was still in office. So I see that as as an epistemic injustice, primarily by white representatives that refuse to accept the fact that minorities should be Representative ba- represented based on the policy positions they want. And I've seen the Democratic Party go out of its way to do some racism to co- to go after minorities who point out that that form of bigotry exists in their party. Right. Oh, like Clinton did in the 90s. <laughs> or like um, the Washington Post did for Nancy Pelosi against the uh, Senator, excuse me, Congresswoman Ilan Omar, or when Nancy Pelosi herself did an interview called naming the Democratic Party as her parade because um, uh, AOC thought it was a good idea to actually shut down government to force oversight on those concentration camps we have on the southern border. Where they the more you talk, it's almost like we we need a fucking revolution. So I can't really get behind the Democrats either, other than having to vote for them because the other guy's terrorizing me into having to vote for them. <laughs> that's that's even worse. 
You know, it's like it's the better of both evils. Yeah, you either have an extortion. You actually get because I, I know you guys probably know this already, but some people may not. There's never just like a lot of times when you push policy, a plan of action for something. It can be a hundred percent a good thing for everyone, but if Democrats or the Republicans bring it to the floor, they're not going to get pass without giving something on the other end. Well, that's just not how things work. That's how town councils work. That's how the Senate works. That's how the House works. That's how the entire. But how are we ever going to get if these pretty things are constantly being backed down for other things that other people want? It's such a give and take. It's no longer a check and balance system. It's a, we check each other out by doing a little good here, a little good there, but it really turns out bad for more people than good. It's, it's nepotism in a lot yeah. of places too. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi is a second generation politician. Oh, Mitt Romney's, Mitt Romney's government, as Mitt Romney, for instance, was his uh, dad was governor of, uh, I believe it was Michigan. And he was pretty racist in his own time, too. But we won't get into that Mormon's history. You know, it, he, when he when you go back to saying how he's emasculating me, and it kills me because this guy, oh, he's nothing but a felon. But, you know, I made twice the money he made last year. You know? so and you didn't this make guy, money yeah, it, Exactly. <laughs> I was doing good for my community. <laughs> Oh, man. So that's essentially what the job of the police is in the United States, to rob black people. A domestic terrorist. Unfortunately, that's the they, way they that terrorize. written these laws. When you have a two-tier justice system that we virtually laugh at, because we know if a white guy comes with armed weapons to vote, to protest against, you know, with loaded AR-16, we've been used, been used in mass shootings all over the country, the cops are going to be like, hey, what's up, brother? As long as he's on the right or in, on the more racist side. I mean, if a you seen that of- Oregon vehicle? That You mm-hmm. seen that video in Oregon when he, he throws up the fucking symbol and the guy calms down, he pats him on the back. He's like, oh, okay. The cop oh, threw it up. It's okay for you to be, because uh, you're a good racist like me. There's not mass shootings that happen by people that aren't white. That's right. I haven't been doing seeing any, you know, surprisingly, there were two mass shootings, but they targeted cops uh, against police officers. And I personally think what a surprise. Were, were, were seeing some, some of the future, in my opinion, because it seemed like about, they just, huh? Oh, uh, Dallas about, and Baton Rouge. The Hells Angels in Bridgeport. You ever looked that up? Mm-mm. They shot it out with the state troopers back in the day. I think they killed like one or two. They barricaded themselves in a compound there. Bridgeport was tied to a lot of civil rights shit back in the day too. Oh yeah, uh, you, if you ever watched the movie Marshall, it's actually uh, in I think it's Fairfield, Connecticut, if I'm not mistaken, but close to um, that's more Bloomfield area, if I'm not mistaken. Remember, I'm from Tennessee originally, so. Usually it's just. I'm glad out. Connecticut's getting exposed at the races there are. It's, there's mad racism in Connecticut. My grandparents are racist. My grandmother. I know. Book today, and goes. Uh, there was no racism in America until Black Lives Matter started. Yeah, it's always the black people that started, and no racism. Oh. Like Obama oh, started God. racism before that. 
Martin Luther King started racism originally, in case you didn't know. He was the original racist. No. <laughs> People are... I've had to have a lot of tough conversations during all this. Yeah. And lose a lot of people. But it's kind of good. I'm I'm seeing people's true colors. It's like I look at people in a different light. I kind of just throw people out. I, I I'm you know, I've always been one of those people very, you know, I a lot of friends because I tend to be a nice genuine person who's non-judgmental. So now, you know, once the once it's like came out that it's basically I tolerated them long enough for it to get more obvious. And then, so now when they call up, like, you know, I didn't realize it was that bad. I instantly block their number, block them on Facebook and say, yes, another one down. <laughs> I mean, speaking of tough. Maybe you'd respect them more if they just said I didn't have enough balls to admit it. Maybe you'd be able to stay. And I was going to get rid of them anyway. When That's more genuine. Mira Rice got killed. That's <laughs> more genuine. Then I would respect what they're saying and believe them. I've had Hello. tough conversations. Uh, my girlfriend's parents don't know I was for a little bit. Ago. And uh, they're like, how do you know about this? How do you know about that? And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, not, I'm just going to say it. I was in prison. I've seen it. I know how this is. I've been, I used to sell things. And don't get into all that. Like, I know people. I, I know this because I was there. I was on the park. I was watching Every day, I'm not because I'm reading it online. With it racism, it's usually what whites don't want to see that's right in front of them. Um, I've had like someone out when they would see me and my wife out who uh, happens to be Armenian, and we'd be holding hands, and they would see like the evil looks we'd get from white people, and then they'd say, "Oh, I don't want to see that anymore," and pretend it never happened. That's pretty much how most white people deal with racism. And then all of a sudden they come into the conversation and decide, ultimately the main argument is always the, the Negroes started racism. <laughs> that is, are, are the very inventive. Have you tried never calling out racism and ignoring it? <laughs> Then I'm a jerk because it's, I'll just turn um, around and say it's that's always racism. the victim's fault. And I refuse to let the word go. I'm going to keep the word racist to racist acts. I wanted to be known for the record when he hit that mute button. He hit that mute button. I never mute anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Running joke from a previous show. <laughs> How did you, but aside from your experience, what, what were you locked up for, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, funny sale of narcotics on two counts for selling uh, less than a quarter ounce of weed on two occasions. To well, stuff that isn't even illegal anymore. Informant, right. <laughs> well, well, there's a difference between you sell one leaf marijuana plant to someone, that's sale of a narcotic. If you possess half an ounce, of marijuana, it's a slap on the wrist. Yeah, that's how our law. It seems like the law is just designed to basically get rid of good businessmen that could have been or could already be benefiting from the government gridlock that has kept this from being a marketable product that we're taxing 
so that we could actually maybe do something about this COVID virus that they can't find money for, but can find money to outspend every military complex on the face of the planet. Right. I was listening. It's all about money. I was listening to government, uh, Governor Lamont talk on the talk show this morning. And uh, they're like, oh, what's happening with the marijuana bill that's going to come up in 2022, I think, or 2021? I don't know, one in the next few years. <laughs> because when it got when it got shot down last year, it automatically got pushed off for two until it go back to right. Well, guess what? It's going to happen this year now. I hope so. Um, but what he was actually saying is that because of the last however many COVID, that's been pushed to the back of the pile and we're not worrying about that at all. We're not meeting about it. We're not talking about it. So until COVID, there's not, it's not going to get to the floor. So we're supposed to let our grandparents die because we're going to get this virus that they will not do anything about. And we can't even enjoy a good blunt while doing so. No, and they gotta they gotta force you what to go to kidding? school. Too. They're gonna force your kids to go to school. They they can try. <laughs> there are, there's that Second Amendment, so you can come to my house and give that a try. And remember, I'm not too fond of cops. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm kidding. It's... I don't even own a gun. <laughs> I claim for good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Marine. I'm a felon. I don't like the idea of calling anyone like a felon, if you will, because our legal system is so fucked. It's more like the legal system just fucks with people. That you did your time. You don't break the law. You're a business owner. You're not a felon. Right. I deserved it for a long time. I, I definitely not that person I was when I was 18, for sure. Yeah. I get it. How long ago? Uh, How long do you have to wait until you can apply? A pardon? Hold on. She's using the blender. Hold on. <laughs> I get it. It's just for me. You, number one, you're not where you're. You're not who you start or who or where you start from. You're where you're finished. Right. You can't be judged by something because we actually bore out the circumstances and stuff. And anyone could have done that in those circumstances. We never could, uh, uh, we never pay attention to what makes a person or puts a person in a position to do stuff. Instead, we just say, well, you and we this is how we pick our leaders too. probably why we have leaders that suck by global standards. Our leaders suck <laughs> because if they're 18 and all of a sudden daddy played, paved the way for them to get into Harvard and Yale while being. George W. Bush, who's clearly not a Rhodes Scholar, are getting to Wharton Business School while being Trump, who clearly has mental problems and, according to his niece, I think it is, has a learning disability. Um, I would say it's like maybe it's, uh, you know, I know we're not supposed to make fun of old dead racists, but maybe his daddy was doing too many drugs, messed up the sperm. Just saying. I know I shouldn't make fun of Trump's daddy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But um, yeah, he, that he all of a sudden makes them brilliant and people who should be leading the country, people who live real lives, turn those lives around through overwhelming circumstances, are essentially canceled from government service and hunted down by our evil right if they don't go immediately immediately to the right wing. Right. 
I don't understand why a felon, right? You serve time, you get out, and then you have a certain number of years so you can appeal to even have that taken off your record so you're no longer a felon. And they say, oh, you're out of jail. Time to become a good, responsible citizen. There is no, I mean, I'm not going to say there's no opportunity to do that, but it is so rewarded and backed down compared to anyone else. Hey, you know what, guys? I think I have a new um, demand for me. Mm-hmm. For I'm going to take a personal one there to them. Besides just firing these cops involved here in West Haven, but the, um, we need maybe do it for more than just me too. Uh, let's do auto examinations for pardons to auto 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 automatically, you know, start and happen upon a certain number of time. And uh, I would be more than likely, I would love to be the first, you know. Yeah. Go ahead, do me first, you know. Um. Or something similar to that, so at least they can help everybody. Because I feel I should have had that right back a long time ago. Yeah. So now I'm sitting here naked in my house where I feel like cops can come in here and kill me and my family. They're obviously out to get me here. And sometimes I have to come back here because my wife doesn't want to leave her home that she bought, you know? Yeah. I understand. We're being terrorized. brave, but brave doesn't always get you to the next day. I know. I'm I'm trying to let her know the logistics on that. It's just fiscally right now that's not happening. And uh honestly, uh I would put money for the camp before I put money on moving. Because um I feel that's our best option to make uh you know, government change here. And I mean, A more solid demand, you know. If the cops pull up to your house and they, they look up, you know, who lives here or whatever, it's going to be like, Kurt, ex- Kurt, business. Oh, yeah. No, nah, it's going to be, it's going to say, uh, you know, I'm a felon and I have two open assault cases on their department. Honestly, I agree completely. Frivolous. You can't just put this stuff over someone's head for their entire life, if it, especially when it's something that, in this case, he's, reform to the sense that you could reform. I would say he built his life and isn't as clearly it clearly was more circumstantial than character. It's not like he's a child molester or something. No, exactly. Crazy. He made some mistakes that make sense. They do less time than they that do less time than uh than armed robbers. And now you're being in, in the police use that what you were born into, in my opinion, against you as a way to be able to bully you because they want you to be a racist and you refuse to. Yeah, no way. So you have to kill me. Clearly, you're you're about it. Sometimes I sit back and I think maybe I shouldn't be here boxing. I need to get out in the streets some more when I hear you getting about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. If I inspire, if I can do anything but inspire to help more people get involved in, uh, then fuck it. I accomplished something. You know, I have right now, I'm honored to be able to put my life on the line to be able to make a, such a momentous change in this country and state, you know, and hopefully set a precedent by the laws we get passed here, you know, and for the rest of the country. That could adopt something similar, as laws always happen. 
That's this the time it's reversed. That... New York fucking started it, which is crazy. That, that's so surprising that they passed the most sweeping change. That's one thing about our company here, Cops, that this was Kurt's idea. I was just sitting there mad because the protest ended and I was ready to like, I thought we should have larger aims, basically. Right. This was his vision. He's sitting over there like, we need to change some laws. And I'm listening and I'm like, let's do it. So I didn't mind buying some stuff, basically, and trying to put it together and putting in work. <laughs> but well, guys, if they said tomorrow we're gonna change one law, one policy, one thing, whatever you guys want, what would be the first thing? Tell them, Kurt. <laughs> executive two hundred three, man. I just said that. Yeah. That executive order gives them a timeline uh, for each municipality to pass laws locally by a certain date, or they don't get state funding, and they have to pass that that redesign into law of the whole police force according to the community standards, period. So that literally covers every aspect of a lot of people's asks and demands as far as the police issue, you know? And that could definitely use that, get rid of the word defund, and that would refund and change where you're putting the funding is what they want to do when they defund, when they say the same exact goal. And um, it would probably be... a it, who knows? It could be the police force that has the same budget, but really is all encompassing and has every aspect that it needs to be to be totally transparent and fixed and accountable and all the things that are lacking can still be taken care of. It could be around the same, but it could be way more encompassing and community related and, you know, focused on the root issues and stuff like that that are also behind this and racism, you know? Right. Well said. So, I mean, who knows? But I, like I said, I'm not a financial guru either. Where'd he go? Hopefully he'll be back. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, I, I have a degree in finance and I can figure some stuff out. Um, but when it comes to our reason for that, focusing on that particular law, it has to do with Kurt's vision to some extent. If you empower the communities, they can actually fix some of the problems. Here he is. Got him back. <laughs> back on. If we can empower yeah. the communities, they right. can start at least fixing their problem on, at yeah. their local level. I, exactly. <laughs> I'm not a financial guru, but that's what that gives them the power to do. And I bet you there's somebody in our community that can do that. That's what I figured. I wanna, I'm going on the good faith basis that most communities have all these types of people that are waiting because all of us have sons of ideas. That's what I even tell this other side, the quote unquote other side that you guys call it or whoever they are. There's still people too. I get it. And you have ideas. This is your spot. Let's see if it gets vetoed. Bring it to the big table. We can bring it up there. If you have a good idea, I'm all for it. I'm always for the best idea that's for the most efficient way that gets the most encompassing equal way possible. I'm all for it, even if it's not my idea. You know? Right. I don't give a fuck. It's for the greater good. My brother is a uh, you know? investment in uh, – he's a trader on Wall Street, and he's younger. He's 23 years old. And I'm talking to him about this last night, and I'm like, I don't know the answer. I don't know how to – fight because what it comes down to is the money, and we all know that. Um, and I'm like, I don't have the idea to do it. And everything I brought up, he told me why it would never work. And I realized that he created a web where as soon as you get something that might work, it's like, oh, there's this thing over here to stop it. 
And that's the way the government tries to keep everyone down. Well, one of our oh, it's things has been that we actually tried to get lawyers to write the laws like um, comp like um, APAC and other companies do, um, our other business uh, societies do, so that when the legislatures when the legislators do try and throw in a compromise or something, we're going to have a bigger eye on it. Right. So uh, we do try and get legal advisors, people from the business community to look over it. This is the reason we use a website so that when we do say pass this law, even uh, though our first goal is a law that's already out there. So we have a template already designed that way. When they start trying to make the compromises, we can use these platforms that we have online to inform the people what horse trades they're making. See, the thing is, really our error in our country is our, has to do with our fourth estate. Our media, we have the worst media in the world when it comes to a country of our type. We don't have a BBC or the kind of um, media apparatus that isn't responsible to advertisers. <laughs> so it's unfortunately stuck on the people to do their journalism. Fortunately, it at least even with the slow internet in the United States, and um, hopefully he's coming back, and all the censorship and stuff, we can still get our word out somewhat as long as we don't rely wholly on any one platform because uh, Zuck, he takes activists out like that. And what was... Um, pointed out with his uh, racism within his own company by his own company people. The racism of how Facebook operates this particular algorithm is... Hey, you want to grab... Um, grab... Because um, I know you can post links. If you want, grab that last post I put on my page for uh, Dr. Kimber. Uh, Dr. Boyce, he... Um, he was going hard at him today, and um, they're done. The whole clergy's done. You should post that link there. Getting it right they, now. Um, they, um, they're done, man. You hear it in their mouth. They said, no, we're not coming here for the commission. We're coming here to disrupt it. That's what we're calling people to do. Um, and that speaks volumes coming from a clergy. They're traditionally humble. Yeah. Is it the They've one been with nice. uh, Kyle? Is nice. it the one um, with Kyle? Yeah, here it is, clergy. Make sure to get that link. You guys, right. Dr. Kimber, like ever since I've been protesting and, and out on the streets to a lot of people and posting up more and more stuff about Black Lives Matter and, and the whole thing. Um, I've been noticing that my posts are going up like two and three days later. If mm -hmm. Byron, Michaela, Kurt, and any of you guys post something, I don't see it until three days later. So if there's a call to action when you guys, for example, were at the West Haven Police Department waiting mm -hmm. for you to. I didn't see that post for two days and I was on Facebook admittedly for like six hours straight doing absolutely nothing. And I didn't see anything about it, even when it was live. I feel like I'm getting censored wow. much more now. Well, the thing is I've been trying to tell activists to treat the algorithm of Facebook like it's racist. You have to find ways to go directly to people and do it while you're in the events or you're going to be stuck out there with your A out. Because the algorithm, we can't prove the algorithm is racist. We can't prove the algorithm is uh, targeting us. But Zuck came out for one thing to say this is free speech. And that was when Mark, when the president used his platform in Twitter and the bully platform of the White House 
to what was it to do a terrorist attack against African Americans? We know what side he's on, and these things have always came out later, even when it was like um, housing and how people could advertise. Facebook is more inclined to help people be racist than it is to um, not. It's proven that. I mean, there's a reason why we say fuck Facebook at the protests. Because we know they're doing the work, just like they did with Miss uh, Goins when she, uh, I think her name was Goins when she was murdered by the cops. They shut down the video feed for her because the cops asked them to. Hey, I'm gonna get going. I gotta um, I gotta call these customers finally and start booking shit. Okay, um, I hope that you don't get as many racist responses as you're probably getting so far. Because, no, the, there's a, we don't always pay attention to it, but there is a cost to not stepping into racism that the United States supposedly just allows. It doesn't just allow it, it enforces it to some extent. Yeah, hey, you know what, though? I'm used to being, uh, a target my whole life, so it is what it is. I thrive like this. Fuck them. Someday, hopefully, the United States will evolve to the point where it's okay not to be racist. Oh, if not, we'll figure it out. But uh, we got this opportunity with the camp here. I want to get this popping. Um, I want to shut these motherfuckers down. I want to have this camp going before the legislation special session so that we can, uh, you know, maybe rain on that parade too at the same time. Completely agree. I'm also, uh, in closing with, um, I had to, I only knew to repost yours. I couldn't find like the link link. So I just reposted on my Facebook and all the other places. And another one is um, Adam Sawyers from The Atlantic pointing. He uh, wrote an article, The Cruelty is the Point. It actually talks about how white supremacy can be a bonding exercise. As um, you're suffering PTSD from being assaulted by a cop for demanding that they um, stop lynching, I think that's something that people should consider. (laughs) And I linked it in. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'll get some rest. All right, guys. And, yeah. Peace. Peace. All right, man. So you guys were talking about a a camp, and I thought he was talking about Bridgeport the whole time. Is there something I don't know? And I don't know if you're disclosing the details publicly, but... Not a great deal of them, but we are planning to set up another camp at some point. Okay. And we're, that's what we're seeking the donations from. Right. Okay. Well, um, as always. <laughs> <laughs> we have a little troll here who I can barely tell what is. This is some guy that blocked me. It seems he blocked me to put in a new comment. This is his grand um, thing. You remember how we were talking about how some people uh, say that blacks created racism? <laughs> yeah. Wait, why do I know that name? Peter? Oh, because he was on here last time, but what he did was he deleted the post because he's kind of a coward. 
and you kept pushing the mute button because he was getting owned in the debate. Right. I just I don't think that we should take this comment seriously. It's more like just something to laugh at. Remember, everyone, Negroes created racism. Negroes <laughs> started racism. It's so funny. so funny. So <laughs> funny. He thinks America is the center of the world, like he said. It's the weird thing I've ever heard. It's the it's the problem. It's the world's problem. Listen, the world has a hundred, a hundred eighty six, a hundred eighty eight. There's a lot more countries, first of all, than America. By the way, America isn't even the name of our country. I hope you know that. Um, <laughs> to content. So, Peter, good one. Some people who really need, um, who feel the on the lower end of the white perspect, I guess white spectrum, the like, you know, the people you're not supposed to call like um, white. Trash, I think, is the term that's com commonly used. We would never use because we're not racist like that. Um, <laughs> some who really need um, white supremacy to, you know, actually feel that they could compete in the world, they become when they hear about actual racial inequality in the United States, they become like a guy on a date getting ready to get down, and then he gets ED. His dick doesn't work. They start going, you know, it's the birds, it's the wind, it's, uh, it, 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 uh, if it wasn't so cold in here, my penis would work. <laughs> and that's pretty much what they do. There's, there's no sophistication in it. It's just, that's what they do. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> he gets frustrated because the uh, are right that he's at the lower things and they don't accept him. And that's fine. Hey, go out and do something crazy. Listen, if whoever I'm trying to accept me, I'm just going to drink a beer at that. Those are people that to feel validated, to know they're worth it. And that's a sad thing. I'm going to be honest with you. It's sad. It's insubstantial person that does what he does. Uh, but it's a common enough response. Um, we'll just call that from now on when we see that very corny argument. I'll put it up again because it is such a masterful piece. Um, the situation where someone was beat and um, does, what is it? Um, does Oh, he, now he's talking about my wife. He set up a new profile to give childish insults about my wife. Here we go. My wife doesn't mess with kitty diddlers, you fucking asshole. I wasn't going to out you like that, but I mean, my wife's not into kitty diddlers, dude. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. We won't go into the background. You know, we don't judge people for their past. But, um... You don't uh, believe me. I've never met her. I can only imagine <laughs> But, yeah, here it is. Um, this brand one, basically... The killing, the excessive killings of African Americans, the Kurt getting beat and called an inward lover, all of that—that's me creating racism because Negroes create racism. That's the idea. I think we can just leave that on the table and let it be, and let the kitty diddler who said you don't know you're the only spectator in this entire live stream. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he says as he comments. Anyway. <laughs> so you I have a question move on to a new topic you have kids right yes two I remember you saying 
What do you think happened? Because now this, don't forget in the time, you can't really interact. There's much not in the classroom. What do you think? Curiosity. I don't. By the way, what's going to happen if if they're in the school and they're in a class with teachers? Some of them might be. Right. Some of them might be far left. But what's going to happen? All the kids are talking, and they've been, for lack of a better term, occupied the parents who are having these conversations with each other, like you're doing. Your kids have heard stuff, and they're going to. What do you think is going to happen? My children have grown up in the United States. They have to have a relatively sophisticated understanding of racism. I mean, you know how I mocked the general white guy argument that it, that we were making fun of earlier when it pops up uh, the, from Peter. We're not allowed as children to have that level lack of sophistication. So I don't really worry about my children as much in the Farmington school system because people tend not to be as violent with their racism. And right, right. they can't be as stupid as most people commenting who are adults and white. They right. have to know enough. They have to see the racism, be able to identify when racist stuff is coming up, when it's something else. Um, they're, they're, not, they're not allowed to have that weak understanding. That's one of the reasons that most African-Americans will have trouble believing when a white male is being extremely obtuse, but it might actually be genuine um the reason they can't quite tell that um they're serious is because you have to know this as a kid to be allowed to live right right <laughs> that why wow. there's so many older people that are held to the accountability hmm? <laughs> i mean we don't pay attention to it but, but sometimes i've even joked to try and get people to get it when will you allow yourself and your children to have to have the same intelligence and sophistication my daughter has to have in order to be allowed to live or the people who you condemn to death? Because even though Philando cast, uh, when he died, his, hand, his hands were up there and he said he had a gun. This is what we're taught. Keep your hands up there like you're in a military zone so they can be seen. Always refer to the officer as sir. Don't make any sudden movements. Um, all this stuff. He's Even on though the... he did it, he shot anyway. Was was that the saw the picture of that was? Um, I'm, I'm not, you know, he was passed outside the car, kneeling with his. That's okay. That's what. I, that's but yeah, he's of course murdered. Um, and that is pretty much how America does it. It's like he's held to that higher standard of knowing what to do for police. And then if he's killed, it's like, we don't give a fuck. Yeah. This has gone on so long that the way I see it, your their children basically said, uh, you guys are fucked up and hit the streets. And a few of, a few of the boomers are out there with us. I mean, right. there's always going to be holdups like this guy um, making a show a show out of himself, but that's what conservatives have always been. They've you, always been that 
evil to some extent. Um, you, you'll notice that if you pay attention to my Facebook, I post debates with William F. Buckley and stuff. The thing I try to show is these people have always been monsters. And right, it doesn't right. take that much passing of time to show exactly how evil they are. Right. Well, look at, did you hear uh, there was a case in Fairfield um, where the, where the guy hit, hit a 30-year-old car and killed her this last week. You heard about this? No, I haven't heard of that one. So I oh yes, I did. I read about it because it was on. Uh, it was on. Um, I think it's Michaela. It was on her wall. So I read the story when she sent it. That must have been what it was about. Yeah, because she was asking for justice, and I shared it. Right, and it took, I don't. I don't know if it was three days, four days, and a period of time. Responsible. Turns out he's a white kid. Charges just in the last twenty-four hours. He got charged, mind you, he murdered with his car, fled the scene, found days later. His most serious part is misconduct vehicle, which is a classic And then he has six tampering with evidence. Where's the murder charge? Where's the attempted manslaughter? Where is manslaughter? I'm actually so used to the two-tier justice system, it doesn't register as shock for me. See, the thing is, because I actually believe racism is a thing and experience it, I don't have, um, I'm not shocked when I see it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not surprised when the cops act that way because it is it has a lot of explanatory power. Mm-hmm. And your sound, um, Peter actually did something useful for once in his life. Uh, your sound has been breaking up. I couldn't tell if that was just mine. Uh -huh. In my case, I have this nice little microphone. It makes it a little easy. But, um, yeah, so when the cops act a certain way, because I'm not someone who thinks that you should reduce this to some odd thing, odd history, Thing that is, um, you know, some false thing. I can tell exactly what's going on because it fits what I've seen since I was a child. I don't have to make up some alternate reality where this is some magical thing that only happened once. Right. This guy has so much to say for a coward that wouldn't stick in the debate and then blocked me. Why did he even make a new Facebook just to do that? Or is this like his old Facebook? <laughs> Kitty, this is why we should keep Kitty Diddlers in jail forever. <laughs> or execute them. No telling what they do when they get out. Mm. But that's beside the point. No, I'll take care of that later. I'm just pulling uh, it and going uh, to the people who posted it. Yeah, the reposts are good, and I'm also going to um, um, boost it later. I prefer to have the finished product just to make sure it's a good one. Right. And then start pushing it. That way we get to cover a lot. And uh, hopefully even a lot of people love the fact that I keep a pretty open format so we can all get on here and talk. Um, as you saw from the other debate, I'm clearly not afraid of conservatives. They don't really shock me. 
<laughs> like, like you just said, it's something you haven't seen before. No, so I mean, I expect racists to act like racists and say generic arguments because so they just uh, want to Let's do the, let's do this if you don't mind because I know a lot of people that I've come across going back to Cheshire and different communities after the protests and after the encampment. Um, people learn best, I think, through stories of personal experience by people that they want to hear the stories from. So, why don't do you have any stories that you haven't told on here yet, or anything that you'd like oh, to Lord. share here, or stories you've heard? I'm horrible at talking about myself, primarily because I try to bulldoze through the racism. But when it comes to what I've experienced, I mean, I was raised as a child in the South. And Byron De Lebec with Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. Byron De Lebec with the gentleman who shot Megra Evers, who was uh, Martin Luther King's predecessor, was one of my neighbors. As a kid, I had to avoid him because some of the whites liked me and they knew he didn't like black people. So they would hide me at times if he was going to get liquor or something. He wasn't arrested until later in life. Um, I went to a Christian school and had to deal with some violence that the principal later apologized for because um, they had a problem with black people that were the way I am as far as it's concerned. I'm not supposed to be able to be as bookish as I am. Right. The racism that's most common for me in my life has always been the racism of the underachieving white when they're triggered because they can't quite keep up. The racism has a bit to do with it. It's a uh, self-defeating ideology. but Underachieving meaning uh, less educated, let's say? I was more just bugging that guy. No, it's when somebody gets real lazy. You know how the arguments, uh, part of the trolling mechanism that a lot of white supremacists do is uh, they will act even dumber. They don't realize that by logic, they're making themselves dumber before that because in white supremacy, you accept a certain kind of hierarchy. Mm -hmm. That hierarchy is fixed. You can't make yourself above or below. So once they accept that logically, they're already limiting themselves and it becomes a bit of a tell. Uh, they can't admit that they're wrong when they're uh, cornered by someone of, you know, who's supposed to be inferior, all kinds of other stuff. And then they do this thing where their lips get all tight and we, it, there's a lot of little stereotypes for it uh, when, before the white assaults come in, where their lips are all tight and stuff, and they start to attack. And they're like saying all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, my grandmother used to call it the sickness because she was born in 1911. She raised me. And it was so common to see in um, white people. I always look at it, and I know the assault's coming, possibly. But this was, this was in Tennessee, right? In Tennessee and here, the same right. characteristics tend to pop up because it's an identity, if you will. It's what Turks have in, Tur in Turkey. It's what you might see from Hans in China. It's a dominant group identity that wants inherent supremacy or wants a Cinderella story that doesn't make them have to work to do something with their lives. Okay. Right. Um, in the Marine Corps, uh, the reason I didn't re-enlist was because one of the people in my platoon threatened to shoot me in the back for being uppity uh, after the uh, first sergeant 
um, felt that I was a bit too opinionated coming into the reserve unit after finishing my active. It, it's just, it, it happens. You thought you were I, too opinionated I, after serving active duty? Yeah. And you come in with all... <laughs> <laughs> come on. Yeah, That's I'm aware of it. It's, it's Honestly, for me, I've never been shocked by it. It's yeah. more just something you work around. You accept is just what it is. I had a buddy like that get jumped in the military after he came off active duty. He did uh, two, two contracts, so eight years. Comes off active duty, goes to his unit, who had been together for a few years, and he's like... Hey guys, I know how to do things a little better. Like, you know, I was in Afghanistan and that other one, Iraq, that you've heard of. Mm -hmm. Doesn't take much to bring it. Yeah, okay. And uh, <laughs> I'll come back. I'm sure, it'll pop back up. They ended up jumping him like, like when he was getting out of the shower one day because he was trying to help them all. Literally, if we were under attack on domestic soil, he's trying to help them all survive at the end of the day is what it comes down to. But just because, just because he went against a little bit of authority, which wasn't even his commanding officer, it was other people in the platoon that had been in the platoon, he got jumped just like that. Yeah, you're not shocked by this. <laughs> the thing is, it's a military culture. The part, the problem is it's hierarchical. So a lot of times that activates white identity. We use concepts like uh, green and dark green and such. So it's more, we look at racism a little oddly. We always want to blame it on the other races. We never quite accept the fact that maybe it's an identity that the dominant group has. Right. And that it can be activated, psychologically manipulated, and all kinds of other things. And speaking of psychology, it's extremely hard. It, is, it might be one of the hardest things to do. And it's, I'm not making excuses for anyone. One of the hardest things to do might be to admit that you were wrong. Mm -hmm. Until I was you know, 21, 22, I hated admitting I was wrong. I, hate, I still hate admitting I'm wrong. <laughs> but I realize I am wrong about a lot of things, and I have to accept that and the moment I started doing that, my life started changing in incredible ways. Because people respect that so much more than refusing to admit you were wrong. I know. I try to help Peter, too. Um, you, I did that six-part series on how that leads to enlightenment and everything else. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a white reaction. It'll wear off in a week or so when he realizes exactly how much he's burned from doing that. He's not getting it yet. He doesn't even see that it's a racist reaction. Right. That's the thing about it. It's odd. It is a way you could kind of manipulate Americans because our education system skews it to that through omission and other stuff. There's a lot of things that make us the way we are. I had to undo my own anti-black racism before as I'm seeing this going because I didn't realize how ingrained some of the things were. The you work and you don't pay attention to the racism. You don't make excuses. You don't talk about this. You don't call racism racism. I had brainwashed myself to do that. Yeah. That's, that's, well, did you brainwash yourself or were you brainwashed by others? Well, yeah, it's probably a combination of just knowing this isn't effective because of the world I live in and everything else. I get it. It took a lot of, it took a lot of re-education. And at times when I, 
say the wrong thing, the first thing I think is how much of this is me taking on a kind of militaristic way of looking at things and not recognizing my own sense of hierarchy or my own privilege being a six foot two veteran um, with absolutely no record and in a high income bracket. Right. Which does change your perspective on a lot of things. Absolutely. I mean, when I'm talking to someone who's maybe four foot two, uh, born into a horrible, I, a, a horrible background, and LGBTQ with some visible signs that would have made them have a much harder time, I try to think about that. Mm-hmm. That's why I will go out of my way sometimes to try and have a conversation with someone who's completely different than me and listen, particularly right. members of the LGBTQ community, because some of the things that we at first don't seem normal, you understand as protection from extremely violent heterosexuality. You remember uh, Mojique from the camp or Mo Money? Yeah. Affectionately yeah. called. I went up to um, them and I didn't, I was like, you know what? I'm sorry to be that guy. And they, they said, it's totally fine. I'm like, I don't get the pronoun thing. All I've ever heard is he, him, her, you know, I don't, I don't get the, they, and I was like, I think we need to sit down and have a class about this. And we actually never got to the point of doing that. But I'm like, I don't want to offend anyone. The funny thing is, part of that was their fault. But we won't go there. Well, they were so um, focused on not have on having, quote, music and not actual classes to inform people of the dangers and stuff in, right. in, in, in protesting. Like Mo's fault. You're saying their fault, the people that were more. No, I'm trying to use his uh, his or her pronoun. Um, pronunciation because I've had a difficult time with that and it came out one time during a chat when I didn't know because um, they look like a um, friend of mine who was more artsy from college right in a very distinct way you can pretty much tell and my response what to um, the lack of thought in some of the arguments they were giving was to kind of go off on the person as if they were what I thought, someone who identified as male, when that wasn't the case. Right. And I still struggle with it. I still mess up. But what, what matters more than that is the effort. And, and that's mm-hmm. what they explained to me, is that I can tell your intention pretty easily because I've been dealing with this since I realized my true identity. And you're just learning about this two days ago. Like, don't worry, man. You're trying. Like, you're doing the best you possibly can. And I'm like, I, I really am. Thank you for recognizing me. And the effort and it's is... It's a lot harder when you just don't like a person and you're trying to be polite about the gender. In my case, it was like, this person really annoys me, but I'm not going to make fun of them for something that I identify and want to defend. Right. So it, it kind of threw me for a loop when I actually found out I was using the wrong pronoun. Right. And, then and there I are said, plenty of reasons to hate a person. You don't need their identity to give, you know, to give the reason to hate them. You can come up with plenty of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't have to be one of the top ones or even one of the top hundred ones at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, back when I had my own little problems with um, the Islamic community, for instance, because it was after 9-11 and the military brainwashing and they took me in with their 
embracing arms and held and dealt with my ignorance. I'm sure there were plenty of times where they hated me, but they were right. polite enough not to show it as they um, let me see the persecutions they were suffering while I was in college and corrected my foolishness. <laughs> and actually, that just that just kind of jogged my memory on something I experienced. The first time I was in Bridgeport was actually a week or two before the protest that we were there for and before the encampment. And, uh, you know, Eric, the, you know, your buddy, head of security. Yeah. <laughs> the other head of security. He, uh, he's like, you know, the craziest thing, and, and I'll tell the story to the best of my ability, is that he's like, you know what? We are invading Iraq or Afghanistan or, or a Middle Eastern country, right? Syria. And we had a road locked down and we were supposed to do all of the security on this road. So it was our responsibility to make sure that it was cleared of IEDs. And a civilian family containing two children drove down the road and passed away from the incident and sustained fatal wounds. And we approached them unarmed, cops out there, unarmed. You can't approach people without your gun, just so you know. And we asked them to come and meet with us. We fed them. We gave them gifts. We sat down and drank tea with them. And he said for seven days, they sat down and talked to these people like human beings. And more or less, it was hearing out the elders in the town for seven days. He said the first day, they didn't say a word. They just heard them out. They felt and justifiably felt that it was our responsibility to clear that road, so we're at fault. And it took seven days all day of like 16 hours days of sitting down with them and talking about a resolution to the problem that we caused. And we were the ones invading them. And after seven days, they resolved it. Why in America, or the United States of America, are we at the point where the police kill someone and they go and hide and get put on desk duty you know, no one. Primarily, people, people keep calling me. It's people keep calling me. It's Friday night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they know where to party at. Gets <laughs> you know bologna sandwiches. Come in for seven days and talk to us about your feelings. Let's find a resolution. Why are we at, why can our military who's trained to kill, trained to, well, actually trained to disengage and not engage and then ultimately kill if they have, and, and that's a whole nother argument he raises, the rules of engagement. How come in a police shooting, the first shot is to the body, the second shot is to the body and the rest you're going for the head? I mean, where's the warning shots? Where's the, where's the taser you're supposed to deploy? Where's the pet? pepper spray. I mean, they only pepper spray people half the time when they're in handcuffs on the ground with a knee to the back of the neck. How come the rules of engagement in the military are so much better and produce so much less lethal force than those of our cops? Professionalism and what we require in training. We have the Geneva Convention and also if you were to murder a citizen, there's the likelihood in a foreign country that they will attack you just because of you're murdering their citizens. Right, which is- We don't really, the biggest way that most people say that they're racist is with their engagement of this issue where it becomes 
a identity issue for them, like even this gentleman saying, don't point out the racism or something, uh, makes a good example. What they're really saying is, as long as it happens to you, I want every reason other than, uh, and no actions basically, to stop it. Because this is an issue that if you, as you can see on my Facebook, has you can see the same arguments being said back in black and white. And right, that's right. because the issue is black and white. It's right, easy right. to know. We have the most murderous cops in the world. It's obvious why the United States, a former slave-holding country that was 100 years after that, a segregationist country or an apartheid state, is that way. Because you can convince the white masses that it's happening mostly to Negroes, and they'll be fine and take whatever you throw at them as long as it's happening to the Negroes more. Right. A right. really good example of that is a lot of people don't they, they think and they think Martin Luther King Jr. and the movement happened so ago because all of the pictures that are in they had color pictures. They don't <laughs> those pictures because they want you to think it was so long ago to have the contrast picture that he was black in a black and white time that was so foreign. No, color pictures. My parents lived through it. They were grown at the time. <laughs> and a lot of people don't even know that. Well, that's the thing, it's the not wanting to know. See, the easiest way to spot racism, the one that no one really pays attention to, is what we consider tolerance. It's the uh, hostile indifference, the refusal to learn basic history, the refusal to acknowledge you're wrong on the most obvious shit, the turning into a complete troll uh, instead of just a rational human being on this one subject. That's how we know you're racist. You can't, the hostility makes it so obvious you can't help but notice it. People from other countries see Americans act the way they do once race comes up and they see what we deal with. But I've got a friend from a foreign country, they're sitting there, they're like, why haven't you left these people, these savages? <laughs> I've, what, what we call microaggressions, for instance, I saw what, I had one go off at my daughter's soccer game where the guy was getting violent. Because I'm well-trained, I just kind of moved my hands quick enough like I was practicing so he could see that's not gonna turn out well for him. Right. You can see the natural no telegraph and everything. And he knew if he came over there with his violence, it was gonna, it was gonna be a one round knockout. <laughs> so calm down. How old was your daughter at the time? Uh, she was uh, out on the field and she's seven at the time. So she was seven. So this is at a seven year old soccer game, the microaggression rearing their ugly head in the form of yeah, the microaggression was don't cheer for your daughter. And uh, he was going to do that and he calms down, but he had started quite hostily until he realized that that physically wouldn't be good for him. And I gave him enough of a warning just by doing the kind of motions to let him know this is going to turn out badly for you. Yeah, it's like just Yeah, this will turn out badly for you because I prefer to be nonviolent when I can, especially with my daughter nearby. Right. I Although my like, daughter would have been fine seeing him get knocked out. She would have probably had a good laugh. But you, then you have to deal with the cops and everything else. And sometimes when you hit a person that's not trained, all of this breaks. Yeah. And you might even kill them because they 
aren't used to taking punches the way that they come from a trained person. It's just not worth the headache. And like so, you said, all of this break, not yeah, all of this gone. In person, they're gonna be like, "Don't, oh my god, just keep uh, <laughs> You don't know how to fight. Don't get in a fight. It's not gonna end well for you. Cause <laughs> the fight. God. But seeing exactly how violent the gentleman was, the uh, a white gentleman who was next to me and was complimenting me for how well I was motivating the team, even in the case of an overwhelming loss, um, because I wasn't just cheering my daughter. I was cheering the girls, all of them, by their number to keep the spirits up and so they wouldn't pay attention to the scoreboard because it was a massacre. Um, <laughs> you know, just enjoy the game. But he was sitting over there like, oh, that's intense. And I'm just like, I didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in most cases of racial bigotry, I'm programmed to just kind of, the first thing I think is, is this person hostile or not? Do I have to defend myself or not? Will I likely have to kill the person or not? I don't really take it too much deeper in thought than that. And a lot of times when I go to protest, I come in ready for violence because the one thing I clearly understand is racism is violence. And it's funny you said that. Ops mentality when they show up, or not even when they show up, they pull someone over with no justification that <laughs> committing a DWB or what have you. It's, do I have to kill this person? Or It's the exact opposite. It's, do I have to kill this person or not? Are they posing a threat to me? <laughs> exactly what you said in opposite. And, that, and that's what goes through the line. You can see the difference in thought there. It's very, it's very best. Yeah, unfortunately. And that is the main problem. Those... Either way, however you look at it, that's a danger to anything. Yeah. Well, at least they come in with that. Uh, Grossman is the professor that um, uh, our uh, lecturer that they love so much. He calls it killology, the idea that everyone's a threat and you've got to come in. And the most important thing, kill as many citizens as you want, but make it home. And the power structure saying we will cover for even the most egregious acts, no matter how deadly the person is. Right. And that's coming that don't know who is an author. Mm-hmm. That's his claim that he writes things. <laughs> this is what we have. He's an author. And we want to pretend that this is happens in the United States only for what reason? Angels did it because hatred is a thing, but they only hate uh, hate. And that's why they put their lives in danger and everyone's life in danger. There's just a better word for it, racism. We don't need political correctness for racism. Right. <laughs> What's the political term for racism? Racism. Well, according to, my, according to my last debate where the um, um, Caucasian gentleman chimped out, I like to call it, because reappropriating terms, uh, <laughs> it's hatred. And you should only say hatred because if you say the R word, you, you offend people and it's divisive and it creates racism. Right. The violence perpetuates Instead of, you know, explaining the system, you know, the more explanatory term with the systematic uh, injustices and history that go with it so that we can understand it in the full U.S. context, we should use a politically correct term for it. This caused the person to push the mute button, go completely crazy, block me, do all kinds of stuff. Or as I call it, when white identity starts to act up, chimp out. 
because I want to take that back. <laughs> There's enough white attacks where we need to use that word. <laughs> back, did you see um, Byron got a swastika tattoo today? What? Yep. I'm sure he did it because of the Indian reason and just to piss people off. To First of all, to take it back, like you were saying, number two, <laughs> piss a lot of people off doing it. And he's saying like, a lot of people feel bad or feel a certain way because he got that tattoo. And he's like, you know what? If they're going to put it on their body, screw them. I'm going to do it too. That will piss any neo-Nazi off more than anything, getting their symbol tatted on your body. It's the biggest F you you could give them. In Not my just opinion. that. I mean, in most of my religious background is Buddhism and a study of a Hinduist philosopher. Right. Um, it has a lot of deep meaning that we could actually use in our society that's stolen by an empire that maybe lasted 10 years. It's like the Confederacy in the United States being representative of the South when it only lasted five years and its only purpose was to kill Americans for the five years it was around. It's a small part of history that probably gets way more time than it ought to. In a sense, except that the United States was so close to joining fascism and has never quite gotten out of it that we're there right now. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that was well said, actually. Very Um And what is the Hindu meaning of swastika? Isn't it to, I don't, like, to promote well-being? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's, it's something along those lines. Yeah, the thing is it kind of corresponds with the heart chakra, which has kind of a pentagram-ish or Jewish star thing going. Um it looks like a Jewish star when it comes to what you've experienced in the chakra, uh, having to do with overwhelming compassion. And a lot of it's because when you start feeling the chakras, particularly the heart chakra, which is considered what's called a sedvich chakra, or a chakra that causes you to be able to access higher spiritual realms and uh, understand people better. I'm understating the power. If you ever uh, get my meditation instruction, you will find out. It's a lot more. But um, at that level, you start to feel certain vibrations. And to go a little bit further, you actually need to feel that particular, the swastika-ish type motion right about here. Um, where on the back part of the spine. And when you feel that, you can open that chakra up real good. So it's a very instructive uh, symbol, actually, that goes to the uh, chakra system and deep meditation, as well as many other uh, historical meanings, because we have to remember these other societies are thousands of years old. When it comes to what I'm actually interested in, I find race boring. Philosophy has always kind of been my thing. It's my wheelhouse. The Hindu philosophies usually go back in everything. Hindu and Chinese philosophies, they all have so many intertwining meanings. Right. That, uh, and practicality that's just so beautiful. <laughs> Super interesting. So then where, so where did, or how did it translate from that, or not translate, but how did it get overtaken by Nazis? The Aryan myth. Um, the myth of the Aryans, um, similar to our founding myth and the stuff we use here, uh, was that the Aryan people who actually, if you, if to the extent that there were Aryan people, they were most likely a, a, a Hinduish or Indian, Eastern Asian, 
but um, the Aryan people were where everything originated from. And in Hitler's iconography or occult iconography, the idea was the Aryan people were these perfect uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed people that were uh, the epitome of all greatness. And he used to get mocked quite a bit for, because he didn't exactly fit his own Aryan image. Right. <laughs> As he was short, bad-smelling, and uh, dark haired <laughs> but hypocrisy never bothers them. So. <laughs> no, I don't. Crazy. So, but uh, yeah, there's a fascinating and useful iconography that follows so many of the symbols there, even the chakras that we don't pay attention to. The most useful chakra being maybe the crown chakra because. A lot of times people think that you can feel the brain when they're trying to feel the crown chakra, but what you're feeling is the skull, and that's why you have the thousand petals. And when you start to uh, meditate to the point where you can feel that, the relaxation creates an opening in the mind. Now, from a Western perspective, without the translation and the experience, you're going to have a harder time getting to the third eye, for instance, if you think that's the brain you're using. Because you can't feel the brain because there are neurons in your head that just don't work that way. You have to right. use a kind of back way to get there. So you allow that to work, to slow down. And then these two occipital um, muscles that are under the skull start to release. And that allows the jaw to release. And then you get what's called the holy nectar, a slight tightness in the neck that's more natural and keeps it erect. And the jaw goes just right. Then you can open up the nasal passages in a certain way where you get more oxygen, but it comes in with no effort. And upon doing that, the third eye are the um, parent, the most people identified as like the, uh, the, the Cartesian perineum. There's a lot of literature in the Western canon as well as in the Eastern canon on it. Um, that starts to open up, allowing your mind to work more naturally and more fluently. So that beginning stage of meditation that is considered the end stage as far as West, the Western world is concerned uh, requires eye. understanding the iconography. So the third eye works itself from the back of the head or, or full. It's more the, like freeing the blood flow, right. getting the right relaxation, and then learning to let your body use its natural uh, posture so that you're, everything else is relaxed enough to work with the mind and allow the mind to relax the same way so that you're at your optimal state of cognition and you can experience what's going on in the body at a deeper level and then create the feedback loop that keeps going in meditation when you reach certain stages where your body's relaxed and you can basically operate in the theta uh, state. They should teach that in the police. Huh? I said they should teach police. Uh, people like me refuse to teach police police officers because they're violent. Right. <laughs> you can get so far with that stuff and then just become a very very good at being very evil. It's your choice. Each yeah. um, thing from meditation, if you're willing to study it, has like dual ways you can use it. You can make your mind work pretty fast for an evil guy and just stop there because you want certain worldly things. Right. So Which, yeah. comes out in a physical reaction more likely than not. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in the end, there is an element of choice that gives away everybody's good decisions and their bad ones. There's a reason we follow some people when we want to do good and realize this person has that it. That it that we call a guru is usually what corresponds with what's called spiritual enlightenment or other things. You just feel it in their spirit. Right. <laughs> Very interesting. Is part of that how mostly reacted to much contemplation? Kind of gives that away. Yeah, I mean, it's in their motions, it's in what they do. Yeah. Uh, we don't give enough credit to the intuitive side of life in the Western world. We're very much into words. And the thing about the way you construct things is you can lie real easily with words. Um, a lot of times when I'm reminding someone that I have debate experience, what I'm trying to tell them is you're lying with words and I can catch you on it. Mm-hmm. Because you're using words that don't point to reality. Right. So it's kind of easy to train yourself a bit better to focus on truth and you can make the person into a laughing stock pretty easily because what they're doing is they're using the subtleties of the english language to obscure the truth and philosophy is very different than um the way a lawyer debates in that you're actually looking for truth right right that's probably why we don't teach it anymore (laughs) and put a penalty for teaching it That's crazy. Oh, we'll have to do this again, but we've actually went two hours and a half, and I want some people to actually watch it. So, (laughs) (laughs) was a pleasure. I see the parties out. (laughs) They must know where to hook up because they stopped calling. (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of. But uh, yeah, this is the I hope we do it again. Oh, most certainly. Um, assuming I don't have to rush out for any protests, which I haven't gotten any text yet, um, we should be able to do it um, in the next few days. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, I love, I love from the discussion at hand into like how people can better ground themselves to have the discussion. That was super powerful and cool. Thank you. <laughs> All right, take it easy. You as well. It was a pleasure. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day.